0: what is up everybody welcome to friday i'm your host the wolf and we've got a relatively light day ahead of us um not a lot going on in terms of news um i do however have an opinion that i want to share with you guys (laughs) um but we'll, we'll we'll get to that in due time all right so here's the rundown uh, PUBG New State hits 5 million pre-registrations in just a week. Ghost of Tsushima developers uh, named Official Tourism Ambassadors and Rezor's new smart glasses are like Echo Frames with blue light filtering. Those three stories and more today on the game board, of course we are largely going to spend some time talking about the future of games journalism and what constitutes an opinion and what constitutes uh, fact. More specifically, what constitutes, uh, what should constitute a game journalist's opinion. But, as I say, we will get to that in due time. So, first things first. PUBG, New State. Hits 5 million pre-registrations in just a week. PUBG is one of the biggest Battle Royale games that you'll find. It was one of the first ones to actually start. So this article comes to us from The Gamer by John Beitner. And it says, quote, Crafton, the team behind New State, took to Twitter to share the achievement Quote, you did it, we did it, thanks to our amazing community, we've hit over 5 million pre-registrations on Google Play within a week. The post goes on to say, quote, more exclusive info is on the way, although a firm timeline wasn't revealed. Uh, New State takes place in 2051, several years after the original PUBG, and uh, New State is hoping to improve performance graphics, uh, all the usual stuff. So five million pre registrations for a mobile game is pretty. That's pretty impressive. It's it's not every day that you see numbers like that for a mobile game. But as I've said before, the uh, the way that things are happening on mobile, it's pretty. I mean, it, it's it, it's very impressive. I'm really really impressed with the way things are going in the in the world of mobile gaming uh specifically in terms of graphical fidelity it's it it's really something to behold <laughs> uh okay so the new start there is a new star trek movie in development by the writer who wrote discovery star trek discovery so this is in game rant by jared Bruett, and it says quote while there have been some rumors of various Star Trek films being worked on and canceled. Nothing has actually made it to the point of an official announcement or trailer. However, just recently, it would seem another project has been confirmed to be in the works. Kalinda Vasquez, a writer for Star Trek discovery has reportedly been asked to write an original screenplay for Paramount set in the, in the Trek universe. So it should be, um, I think in development is a little uh, premature. They, Paramount Studios commissioned a writing, as we just read. So, I mean, it hasn't been written yet. So we would have to see where that actually goes before we could say that it's in development. We can say that Paramount is interested in another Star Trek movie, I think. Okay, so as far as cyberpunk goes i'm going to i'm going to post my review of cyberpunk tomorrow i think on the website which you can visit at the board.com, w o l f s gameboard.com uh you can go check that out i think i'm going to publish it tomorrow uh, along with my my plans for the game moving forward so uh people just love uh, Giving this game a hard time, and I can't, I can't necessarily blame them. Uh, although having actually played it now, I, uh, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings, but I understand the the uh, drive to just criticize the game. So recently, somebody found that found something they they think was a typo, and they think that there was a misspelling of the word delivery. And the way that it's spelled in Cyberpunk is spelled devilry without an E. Okay. Uh so it, it <laughs> the idea was that it misspelled delivery, right? Uh so somebody posted that online and it got uh twenty thousand likes and hundreds of comments uh joking about the issue. And CD Project Red got on Twitter and they pointed out that uh no it's actually not a misspelling. <laughs> it says that it's a fully intentional decision and it is meant to say devilry uh play on words, right? And the idea was to give the company a little bit of personality. Um but people are still convinced that, you know, it's not it, that's just making up for Yet another mistake on behalf of CD Projekt Red. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they they put a lot of attention to detail into, into the game. There is a lot of content. It's really hard to overstate how much content is really in that damn game. So an oversight wouldn't be the worst thing, but I tend to i have no reason to not take cd project at their word that that was intentional they've been pretty open about mistakes that they've made and you know they're also under investigation by the polish government to make sure that they patch everything that needs to be patched so i don't see any reason why they would lie at this point um even even before all the issues the the uh CEO of CD Projects. He didn't lie. I read the earnings call, and he told investors that he wasn't really sure that it was going to be ready December 10th, but that, that it was going to happen regardless. <laughs> um, I don't. He shouldn't have made that decision, but he was at least honest with investors. I don't know so much about uh, consumers. He kind of left that to journalists to convey, but the earnings call that I saw, I mean, he was pretty upfront about it. He wasn't sure that the game was going to be ready on December 10th. The engineers weren't sure that it was going to be ready, but that they were going to go ahead with it anyway. So, um, I don't know. All that is to say that CD project doesn't have a history of lying, not a strong history anyway. So I tend to believe them. I tend to believe that it was an intentional decision on their part. Let me know. Hit me up. Tell me what you think. Is it, was it a mistake, or should we just believe CD Projekt? Uh, Twitter at the wolf underscore one one two zero. Facebook, search the wolf one one two zero, or Instagram. That's underscore the wolf's game board. And uh, let me know. Let me know what you think. Was it a mistake, or is it intentionally lying? Okay, so I have an interesting article from Kotaku by Zach uh, Zwiezen Wizen <laughs> that's fun to say is Um, so apparently there was a bored fugitive who was caught by police after venturing out to buy call of duty <laughs> uh, so the article says quote according to West Midlands police 36 year old Clint Butler, an escaped prisoner from Birmingham ventured out on January 13th to buy a copy of Call of Duty: Black Ops Cold War. Butler had been hiding from police as back, as back in as far back, small typo as far back in November of last year. Uh, he had slipped out of HMP Spring Hill Prison, located in Buckinghamshire where he was serving a 17-year extended sentence for crimes including robbery and firearms offenses. When local police spotted Butler and his friend the pair changed direction to avoid the cops. This caught the attention of the police who asked Butler what he was doing out and during the pandemic induced lockdown, he replied, "quote I've come to get the new Call of Duty because I can't sit around in lockdown." The West Midlands police re- reported uh so <laughs> They asked for more details. Uh, They figured out that he received a 13 month sentence for uh, I'm sorry, they figured out that he was he had broken out of prison and he was not allowed to be out. So he received an additional 13 month sentence uh, for the jailbreak and uh, (laughs) an additional six months for the an altercation with police so uh, i guess the moral of the story there is have your friends buy your video games for you instead of going out by yourself if you're going to break out of jail <laughs> maybe that's not the best thing to do if you're on the lamb <laughs> um i don't know man it, wild wild things going on in the world as usual as usual okay so In tech news, the world's largest telescope is edging closer to completion. This comes from Engadget and says, quote, This week, the University of Arizona Stewart Observatory Mirror Lab began work on the sixth and seventh primary mirror segments for the giant Magellan telescope. On March 1st, the lab started heating its one-of-a-kind glass furnace to a temperature of 1,165 degrees Celsius that in itself was a major milestone in a manufacturing process known as spin casting. It took about four months to make the mold and another nine hours to cover it. In nearly 90 tons of rare borosilicate glass borosilicate glass. So, uh, pretty, pretty wild. Apparently <laughs> they cast an 8.4 meter mirror, uh, so 8.4 meters is roughly 32 feet 36 feet um so that's a big big piece of glass um yeah you know i i believe that they're putting it in a in a in a telescope in China. Let me, let me make sure. Uh, okay. It's, it's in Chile. Okay. So the article continues quote, manufacturing a single glass segment takes about four years to complete in 2019. The university finished work on GMT's second mirror. That one is now in storage waiting to be transported to Chile while the project broke ground in 2015. It won't be complete until later in the decade. But once it is done, the GMT will be able to capture images that are 10 times clearer than those produced by the Hubble Space Telescope. So, wild, wild stuff. Uh, I think I'll, I, I find all this kind of uh, tech advancement fascinating. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel like you should. I feel like you should feel the same. Uh, so I just said the conversion 8.4 meters is 27 feet, 27 and a half feet. Uh, big, 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 big piece of glass. (laughs) Uh, so I, I think it's really cool. Um, okay. So ghost of Tsushima back to video games. Ghost of of sushi, man, uh, ghost of Tsushima developers, were named official tourism ambassadors. Uh, I've seen this all over. I picked one at random. This is from Game Informer by Joe Juba. Uh, and here is the quote. It says, quote, Fox and Connells named spread the name and history of Tsushima to the whole world in such a wonderful way. Uh, according to, this is a uh, quote from, let me see. From the mayor of Tsushima. The mayor of Tsushima. uh, It's hard to say. The mayor of Tsushima said, quote, Fox and Connell, who are, who worked on Ghosts of Tsushima, spread the name and history of Tsushima to the whole world in such a wonderful way. Even a lot of Japanese people do not know the history of the Genko period. When it comes to the world, the name and location of Tsushima is literally unknown, so I cannot thank them enough for telling our story with such phenomenal graphics and profound stories. In addition, Sony Interactive Entertainment will work together with the island on a new tourism campaign to teach fans of the game more about its real-world counterpart. Though Ghost of Tsushima is a great game with an evocative setting, it's important to remember that it isn't necessarily necessarily historically faithful Sucker Punch didn't recreate the era so much as pay homage to its popular depiction in movies Uh, so I I think that's really interesting and it's a testament to the kind of impacts that video games can have and if a story is faithfully told and it's based on real locations and real people it can have a serious global impact on Uh, history and culture, it's really interesting. I know that there was some controversy surrounding this, uh, that it should have been made by Japanese developers, and Sucker Punch is a Californian company, I believe. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, that's also another thing that Ghost of Tsushima pointed out, is that cultural appreciation can have a positive impact on the world it's not always um done it it's uh you can appreciate other cultures and represent them faithfully and so much so that the mayor of the area that you're depicting uh names you an official tourism ambassador so i think that's pretty neat i think that's really cool Okay, so Tesla has ditched forums and pushes fans to take political action with Engage. This comes from Engadget. So Engage is a new system that Tesla has set up to help people kind of direct their political activities into one area. For example, uh, Tesla is pushing a couple of causes. The first is uh, a call to People to donate to disaster relief charities in texas and there's another one that urges people who live in nebraska to call state legislatures in support of a bill that if passed would allow the company to sell its calls sell its cars to customers directly uh which i think i i, I think more companies should sell directly This is something we talked about a couple of weeks ago where, it's along the same lines anyway, where uh, Phil Spencer was talking about the need for a change in the way that we handle pre-orders for consoles, and I tend to agree with that. If I could buy directly from Microsoft, that would be much more preferable to me. Additionally, if I could reserve a console from beginning to end using my microsoft account i mean one that would slow down bots because the bots would have to create infinite accounts if they were going to attempt to do that and two it would guarantee like they could even it would even be a marketing gimmick they could stamp my gamer tag on the freaking xbox and show that they reserved that console for me from the beginning of production to the end. Till it got in my hands. Every component was reserved for me. So I think I think that's cool. I hope Tesla is able to gather enough signatures to get that bill passed. Um, or enough support uh, to get it passed. And I think more companies should do that personally. Okay, Among Us, back to games. Among Us gets Quick Chat Wheel on all platforms. So, I tried to play Among Us on my phone, and it's kind of... It was designed to be played on mobile, but it's not ideal. Trying to type in messages on a phone in landscape mode is (laughs) uh, difficult, to say the least. So, the addition of this um, quick chat wheel are... uh, it's, It's a welcome... Addition as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, apparently this is in Games Radar Plus, and it says, quote, players under 18 are restricted to the quick chat wheel, but the age requirement is being lowered to 13. So, uh, if you're under the age of 13, you can't, uh, I would assume that you can't use anything but the quick chat wheel. Um, let me make sure real quick. This There's a quote from the article, and it says, uh, quote, While the new feature will surely be a welcome convenience to some among us players using chat, text chat, players on the younger side might feel restricted when trying to navigate complex social situations. Even so, the age restriction might be for the best, as it sounds like Anoslaus' intention is to make the game a safer space for kids. Uh, this is from Inner Sloth, the developer. Quote, we've just added quick chat. This is an easier, faster, and safer option to play if you're using text chat. Reuse a tweet the studio sent out Friday. More info in-game. I know you're waiting for the big update news too. The ball is rolling. Promise I'll get you more info soon. So... I don't know. I I understand why people would feel restricted, but for me, it's like it makes all the sense in the world. Everybody asks the same questions anyway, so uh, why not take out the need to type it out and just give me a a wheel to to convey what I'm trying to convey. Uh, Okay, so the rumor is that Fortnite, in addition to adding uh alien and riley and who else did they add recently oh i don't know why i'm drawing a blank anyway the rumor is that in addition to those people that uh, Fortnite is going to add ant-man from marvel comics so uh this comes to us from game rants by richard warren Quote, like other recent Fortnite leaks, players should take this information with a grain of salt. While some leaks have been completely accurate and characters have shown up in-game days later, others have seen players disappointed due to skins never coming to fruition. If a Fortnite leak is ever not true, it is usually because players are speculating over a codename. The Ant-Man rumor was initially no different. The new portal has made his arrival seem more likely. While Fortnite players could visit an Ant Manor, could visit Ant Manor in Season 4, a skin for Scott Lang or Hank Pym never arrived, though that may soon be changing. Not only was the codename Small Fry seen in files for the game, it's something that quickly tipped fans off about the hero's potential addition, but the latest Fortnite portal seems to hint heavily at the character. Not only can music be heard that fits the style of Ant-Man, but the sound of bugs scurrying can also be heard. If that was not enough, the Woodland setting seems to swing things even further in the character's favor. So, even though uh, we're done with Marvel, quote-unquote done with Marvel, Ant-Man is allegedly going to make an appearance in Fortnite. Uh, I don't know what that means, honestly. I haven't kept up with Fortnite, so if you do, hit me up, let me know. Okay, so... People are still speculating, still, about the Switch Pro. Although, I put this one in the stack because it's slightly different, and this makes more sense to me than the Switch Pro. Okay, so the article is in IGN by Logan Plant, and it's titled, We Could Be Closer to Nintendo's Next Console Than the Switch's Launch. And it says quote, welcome to Nintendo voice chat this week, Casey uh, DeFritis is joined by uh, so it's an introduction to a podcast um, and it says quote, the panel discusses why Breath of the Wild is still a top Switch game for four years later, the outlook at the rest of the system's lifespan, and why you're probably getting a totally new console in the next three years Um. so uh, at least that at least that. At least they're talking about a new console and not the Switch Pro. And... Uh, did I? Yeah. Okay, so I I have an article here from Kotaku by Brian Ashcraft, and it says, Nintendo talks the Switch's lifespan. Okay? And you heard me rail against the idea that there's going to be a Switch Pro last uh, yesterday, so... Let's read from uh, Nintendo President Shuntaro Furukawa. He says, quote, For our company, it's a big topic what we should do next when a console passes its fifth year and the hardware's life cycle is in the process of getting longer. Uh, Furukawa explained, this is from the article, the exec added that great care is given to Switch owners who are continuing to use the console neki business did not ask the exec where this interview was seen uh, did not ask the executive about the recent switch redesign rumors but the interview does shed light into how nintendo develops new hardware and the company's approach to innovation Uh, Furukawa, is so the publication did point out that depending on how things are handled the console's lifespan can get even longer that's correct Furukawa replied Regarding the Switch's lifespan, I often say that it's entered its middle phase or so. Uh, And he said that, he explained that because the Switch can be played as a traditional console or as a portable handheld, Nintendo is able to lengthen the life cycle. So, again, again, they're saying it's uh, in the middle of its lifespan. And we talked about it yesterday. The sales are the sales are really, really good. Um, it just it doesn't make sense for them to come out with a Switch Pro uh, at this point. <laughs> they're selling, they're making triple the amount of money of Xbox, double the amount of money as PS Five, and nobody seems to be complaining about the quality of the Switch. So what what incentive do they have? Um, I'm not going to rehash all of that. So, just more information to back up my opinion, which is it's going to be important that 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 you remember that. Uh, later in the show, okay. For now, let's talk about Razer's smart glasses. Uh, this comes from Engadget, <clears throat> and it's it's in a bunch of different uh, places, but this one comes from Engadget, and apparently uh these glasses block blue light filtering they have built-in uh microphones for noise canceling i believe and although i could be wrong about that and um wireless headphones so the article says quote glasses that can double as headphones are an increasingly popular category After Bose unveiled its version in 2019 and Amazon launched the Echo Frames in 2020, the next big company to jump on this trend is Razer. It's officially announcing the Anzu smart glasses today. might be Anzu. I don't know. Today that will filter out blue light and also project audio into your ears without drowning out environmental sound completely. So these type of headphones work with... uh, I think it's... I think it's called inner ear conduction. So what it does is it vibrates your skull <laughs> and transmits sound via your bones into your inner ear. So that means that your your ear isn't blocked by anything and you can still hear what's going on around you. They're pretty neat. they're they're really quite impressive. I had the ability to try some out a couple of years ago when they were brand new they're um a fascinating concept and it works way better than you would imagine i would imagine even more so now so uh, apparently these glasses start at 200 dollars uh 50 bucks less than amazon's so not only do they filter blue light but they also come with a uv your traditional uv blocker um it can run for five hours at a time on a single charge and it can be on standby power for up to two weeks. Uh, so it's pretty, and you can put prescription lenses in these glasses, which is kind of neat. So, uh, they're waterproof and you know, I, 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 I think it's an interesting idea. An interesting idea. I don't know that I would buy them. Don't get me wrong. They don't look particularly fashionable. Uh, don't have the traditional razor rgb lighting (laughs) um but it's an interesting idea it's an interesting idea okay twitter is testing this uh, i don't know maybe you care maybe you don't but twitter is testing an undo send button for tweets so currently right now (laughs) once you tweet something it's out there it's gone forever so (laughs) unless you want to delete it uh you better Make sure that what you're putting out there is exactly the what you want to put out there. Make sure every comma is there. There are no misspellings. Um, and you actually want to say what you're saying. Because you're going to have to delete it. And by the time you get to the, the delete button, somebody already screenshot it. I can almost guarantee it. So, um, This article comes from Engadget again. And it says, quote, the feature, which gives you about five seconds to retract a sent tweet, Five seconds. Uh, Anyway, it was first mentioned in a Twitter survey last July, seeking feedback on its push into subscription. The platform was also reportedly mulling tipping for exclusive content and paid access to the TweetDeck app in a bid to supplement its ad revenues. But with Twitter now seemingly testing the undo send button on users, it could suggest its positioning it as a freebie. Twitter previously encouraged people to put more thought into what they share, albeit with mixed results. And though this isn't the edit tweet function that people are clamoring for, who knows if that will even ever materialize. With Twitter working on new features all the time, it's inevitable that some will end up getting canned. So, uh, I don't know. For most people, I don't think that matters. I don't know a lot of people that use Twitter um, in their everyday life. As a journalist, I've said this before, as a journalist, it's... Uh, let me describe it this way. I, I was thinking I was thinking about this today. I don't don't ask me why I was thinking about this, but I was thinking about this today. And Twitter is like it's like high school, okay? And it is it's a high school that you don't go to. And what happens at this high school is then shoved in your face, regardless of what regardless of whether it matters or not. So a lot of Twitter spats happen. Uh one that I'm keeping an eye on happened yesterday. And it just it feels like something that probably probably shouldn't happen as often as it does, but things um things at this high school that you probably don't go to end up being, everything that's said is recorded, everything that's said is put in a magazine or newspaper, and it's sent out to you, and you'll hear Twitter, 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 it's like, it's (laughs) it really is a high school and the people that are, I've seen some journalists that aren't acting what I would consider to be a professional, in a professional manner they Say what they want to say, they do what they want to do, and uh, regardless of their position, um, and it, it, I can't necessarily blame them because it doesn't matter, <laughs> because, uh, the only people that go to this high school are other journalists and celebrities, so, um, it, it's Twitter's an interesting interesting platform it's also one of the most toxic environments that I've ever seen you don't you I mean most social platforms have some degree of toxicity to them on Twitter you don't have to go very far (laughs) when you find it man it can get really bad really fast it's bizarre Twitter is unique Twitter is really really unique in terms of social media Okay, so here we are. If you've stuck with me this far, you are interested in what I have to say, and I appreciate you hanging out with me for the last half hour. So I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. Uh, maybe just f- six, seven minutes. Okay. So I put up an opinion piece on the website. You can read it at the wolf'sgameboard.com, W O L F S Gameboard.com. And this is really what I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy has a... Uh, there. There's a bunch of controversy surrounding it. And if you were with me last week, I believe it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, but I put out an episode called The Problem With Games Journalism. And that episode was calling out inconsistencies in journalism bad reporting and presenting things that are not what they what they are presenting opinions as fact okay and today well last night last night while i was while i was doing the show troy levitt the lead designer for hogwarts legacy left the studio announced that he was leaving the studio his last day is march 14th he announced that he was leaving the studio he was leaving on good terms, um, and it has nothing to do with the reporting that's been going on or his YouTube channel. So today, of course, uh, all of the major news outlets picked that up and ran pieces, right? So most of them recycled the same kind of what I would consider to be inaccuracies that I covered in that episode, the problem with games journalism. Uh, The thing that I want to talk about is that even opinion pieces, if you're going, if you are going to, in my opinion, if you're going to call yourself a journalist, even your opinion pieces need to be based in fact, because you as a journalist Are being held to a higher standard, right? People expect that you do your due diligence, that you present the facts, that you respect the subjects, and you respect the right of the public to the facts. And they make their own determination. Um, It appears to me that games journalism is at a turning point when it comes to Hogwarts Legacy. And I fear that journalists and organizations are going to go the route of going to go the wrong route, okay? And the wrong route would be things like this title from Game Rant, okay? And this is a silly example, so, y- you know. But this is this is a good example that isn't controversial that I want to present to you, okay? So this article comes from Game Rant by Paul Mason, and it's the, the title is what I I uh, have a thing with, okay, have a bone to pick with. The title is The Death Loop Trailer Song Deja Vu is Undeniably Catchy. <laughs> okay, so I mean, that's fine. It's in here as Game Rant Originals, but I'm, this is a whole the, the, some inside baseball. Okay, uh, Game Rant and the Gamer are sister companies. They're they're sister organizations. They're owned by the same company, so they use a lot of the same things. Uh, Originals—that's the uh, category. The term "originals" is kind of a catch-all for opinion pieces and interviews right so there was a mixture of news and opinion piece inside of this originals thing that's kind of why i have an issue with this right it's like is it undeniably catchy could somebody deny that it's catchy because i honestly don't remember the song and i'm not necessarily a fan of what i do remember so um you know again silly Silly example, where it gets r- more serious is with titles like this. Okay, again, this is another original piece in the Gamer, and the title is "Hogwarts Legacy's Lead Dev Who Quits Who Quit Highlights the Art of the Grift." Now that article uh, accuses Troy Levitt of being a grifter. And if you don't know what a grifter is, a grifter is somebody who steals from you or lies to make money. That is a grifter. Okay? And this article is accusing Troy Levitt of being a grifter. Additionally, uh, this article tries to get out this opinion piece uh, tries to tries to get out in front of it, and um, it says, "Let me see where is the, the, the okay." So, Troy Levitt said he was leaving. He said he was going to post a YouTube video. Okay, and part of this uh, part of this opinion piece, th- this is a paragraph from this opinion piece. Okay, it says, "Quote that second point that he'll." be releasing a YouTube video is where everyone should start stroking their chins. It's classic grifter tactics. Levitt will release a video claiming he's left to save the project, a selfless act to defend the developers there. You see, he aims to become a martyr in the eyes of his supporters. The video will likely demonize games journalists at the, as the root cause of his problems rather than being used for introspection or to admit that his actions had consequences. Um, And really, my opinion is that if you're going to have an opinion as a journalist, it needs to be based in fact, okay? Not emotion. And, you know, the fact is we don't know what he's going to say in that video. We have no idea what he's thinking. We don't know if he's going to go out there and start a new development company. We don't know if he's going to ask for money. (laughs) So far, what we do know is that Troy Levitt claims that he, this is on his Twitter account, he claims that last week when this became an issue, he demonetized all of his videos. So that there wasn't a conflict of interest. So that is kind of the issue that I have with these kinds of articles. And that's probably the most egregious example of what I have. But all of that is to say that when you uh, this isn't this isn't just it is advertising, but it's not just advertising. When you listen to me, I promise you that uh, I try to point out my opinion and my opinion is sometimes low quality sometimes sometimes it's low hanging fruit um other times it's something that i i spent a lot of time talking about and i try to give you the background as to why i have the opinion like the switch pro that is an opinion my opinion is that we're not going to see it but i'm telling you why i have that opinion right and i'm sharing with you things that disagree with that opinion and i hope that you expect that kind of thing from me and from other journalists in the sphere because i worry that not not enough journalists take the their duty to the truth seriously So, with that, guys, I appreciate you. I will catch you on Tuesday. I actually have an interview lined up for Monday. Uh, We're going to be talking, I'm talking to a Zombies expert, Call of Duty Zombies expert, and he's going to help me understand what's going on with Call of Duty Warzone. So, if you haven't caught up with Call of Duty Warzone, we're going to spend Monday talking about that. So, guys, I appreciate you. Uh, Tomorrow's Well, we we are launching the House of Wolves this weekend, so I hope you catch that as well. I will see you guys on Tuesday. I appreciate you. And uh, see you then. Peace.